then arguing actually serves a purpose. Would you like to know that purpose? You were talking about college and that it expands your mind. Yeah, yeah. A good argument actually brings you closer together. What? This week, Dr. Karen Sherman and I discuss how to have a healthy argument, and in fact, how it could actually be good for your relationship. Stay tuned. Okay, here's the deal. I love wine. I know a little bit about wine, but I'm not an expert. But you know who is? Our wine club partner, Touring and Tasting. We have been working together for five years now, and I can honestly say that they have delivered to my door some of the best wines I have ever had. We started working with them so that we could deliver to you an ongoing reminder, a treat, to slow down with your spouse and enjoy each other's company and to reconnect. To help facilitate, with each shipment, we provide simple date night ideas, and Touring and Tasting shares background information on the wineries and includes recipes that will pair well with your wines. I should note that many of these wines are typically only available if you actually visit the winery or become a member of that wine club. The customer service from Touring and Tasting is ridiculous. I have a friend who joined and then called me to rave about how enjoyable their customer service experience was. That's unheard of, right? So here's the deal. There are no membership fees. Shipping is free. You can cancel at any time, and these unique award-winning wines come with 100% satisfaction guaranteed, which means they guarantee the wine is delicious or they will replace it free upon request. If you decide the wine you just had was amazing and you want to reorder, you can save up to 70% off of retail. Now here's the closer. If you sign up today, you will receive your first shipment for half price. You can join right now and get your first shipment for a flat fee of $49 plus tax. This is before the half price offer. So your pre-taxed first shipment is less than $25 for two amazing bottles of wine. This is a limited time offer, so don't wait. Go to hitchedmag.com and click the wine club link to join today. Gift options are also available Ahem, wedding season around the corner. And again, visit hitchedmag.com and click the Wine Club link to join in celebrating your marriage. Cheers! Everybody, welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, editor in chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined once again by the original Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hi, Steve. How you doing? I am fantastic. Uh, so, Karen is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for thirty years. Karen is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. Karen is the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. You can get all this wonderful information and much more at her website, drkarensherman.com. Um, and we are going to use your expertise today to discuss healthy arguments. Um all couples disagree over things, uh, and I would even say that uh, in great marriages, couples will have a lot of disagreements because that means uh, they're sticking around together for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, 
And so in kind of trying to think about this topic a little bit, I, I was kind of thinking about how um, arguments and disagreements are part of what make a college experience a, a healthy uh, environment to be in because you are being challenged. And it's through those challenges and opposing viewpoints that you are given the opportunity and environment to grow as a person and expand your um, understanding of the world. Even if your mind doesn't change, you at least now have the opposing point of view, uh, which could provide insight down the line. So I was just uh, thinking about, okay, so there's that in the general world, and then how does this apply to a marriage? And I guess my first question for you is, do you think that there is such a thing as a healthy argument, and particularly for marriages? Absolutely. Absolutely, as long as they're done properly. Okay. Uh, you know what? Um, I know we're going to get into this later, but let's on that little springboard. Let's jump. How? How? What do you mean by doing it properly? Well, though people may not realize this, you can actually argue in a respectful way. Um, the problem with most couples is that they don't know how to argue in a fair way, in a respectful way. So most arguments get very nasty. So I'll give you, I'll give you just a couple of rules. Um, for instance, um, it ends up with name calling. Um, and many people think that name calling consists of, you know, the common kinds of things like, you know, you're such a bitch, you know, you're, you're, you're such a, a, a louse, you know, things like that. But name calling can even be, you know, you're so lazy. Um, or, you know, you're so irresponsible. Mm -hmm. So anytime you're putting the other person down, that's disrespectful. I, uh, I actually find the character attacks more offensive than the, the words, the blanket, the blanket names. Mm. Okay. You know, I've had couples who, you know, will walk in and say, I can't believe, you know, he called me a bitch Mm -hmm. and will harp on that. So, you know, it just depends on who you are. But regardless, neither should be done. Okay? Sure. Um, Certainly, if one of the main offenses in arguing, and this goes to what makes a healthy argument, is that you're not really listening to each other. So you're just, you know, saying what you have to say, and you're, you know, spouting out all of your griefs and all the things that you're upset about, but you're not listening to what your partner is upset about. Um, And that's disrespectful. Um, Another problem is that very often, notice that I said very often, Mm -hmm. because that's going to bring my next point up, people will, when they're upset, say, you know, you always do so-and-so. You never do so-and-so, which right away uh, will eliminate the point because nothing is always or never. Sure. Um, so and, – and, and there, are, there are many more different rules. But the point is that if you can you know, learn the rules or be aware of the rules and apply them to when you're arguing, then arguing actually serves a purpose. Would you like to know that purpose? You were talking about college and that it expands your mind. Yeah, yeah. A good argument actually brings you closer together. What? Yes. 
Okay, so here's why. And I actually had a program out for a while, which I'm not doing anymore, but it actually brings you closer because as two separate people, you're going to have differences. That is normal. Mm-hmm. Do not expect that you're going to see eye to eye on everything. As a matter of fact, Dr. John Gottman, who's the leading researcher in, um, you know, in successful marriages, tells us that you are can be absolutely happy and not in agreement at all. It doesn't, you know, seeing things the same way is not a trait of master couples. Mm-hmm. What is a trait? is having respect for one another. So in arguing, if you can hear each other and learn about each other and understand where the other person is coming from, then you actually can become closer. Oh, I never realized that that's how you felt. So often people will say, oh, I know what you're feeling. Oh, I know what you're thinking. You know, oh, I know why you did that. And if you're not saying it, you're acting and reacting as if you do know that. So that just sets up a whole bunch of misattributions, misassumptions, incorrect behaviors. And one of the jobs that I have is as a translator and trying to have people understand what was really said where the misunderstandings are and unraveling the whole problem. But if they would argue properly and listen to each other, they would be able to not have the problems and actually understand each other better, thereby bringing them closer to each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, th- I think when you were talking there and, and discussing about what couples uh, could and should do and what your role is as an intermediary, um, listening seems to be um, one of the key factors there, and then not just listening, but comprehensive listening right. is what and you bring to the table. Right. So very often, and this is may sound like a silly little exercise, but it's really not. So let's say you and I are talking, and you say something, and then I would paraphrase it and say, so is this what I heard you say? Because it's wrong to assume that... I understood what you said. Miscommunication takes place either on the delivery end or the receptive end. Mm -hmm. And so I want to check that out. This is what I, I heard you say. Is that correct? And so it could either be that you didn't explain your point properly or that I didn't hear it properly. So it's a little laborious. It takes a little time, but it takes a hell of a lot less time than if you spend hours and hours of hurt feelings and misunderstandings and then, you know, really trying to unravel things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, as I said, all the energy that goes along with the problems when you, when you've um, argued and you have conflicts and resentful feelings and all the rest that goes on. It's uh, it's funny because as you're saying all this stuff, uh, I am thinking about my my own spouse, my spouse and I, and how um, I can't think of a specific topic because it's usually minor, minor little things. Uh, but on pretty frequently, we will um, argue about something where we are in total agreement about it the mm-hmm. entire time, mm-hmm. but we are coming at it, um, differently. And, uh, and we finally like, s- 
like stop, listen, and kind of look at each other and basically like, you're saying exactly what I'm saying. And it's like, yeah, I'm saying exactly what you're saying. Why don't you understand that I'm saying Mm -hmm. what you're saying? And Mm -hmm. it just comes down to, um, but it's also good because then we realize that while we still have the same thought or idea, we're actually coming at it slightly different, but the end result is the same. But it does, it's a good reminder though, that, you know, sometimes just shut your mouth and listen to what they're saying and explaining as opposed to trying to be right or get your point of view across right while they are exactly. discussing something <clears throat> exactly um you know we don't we don't want to start fights here but um <laughs> <laughs> there might be some topics that are prime for conversation or disagreement or argument or uh civil discussion let's say um, I, you know, I was coming up with a couple of these off the top of my head of where I, I, I I'm trying to approach this properly, but so I'll just tell a little story that I told you, um, getting back to this college thing of, you know, you have these arguments and, and deep conversations in college where you disagree with somebody or you have this argument, maybe you don't even disagree, but you do have an argument because you don't really know where you stand quite yet because perhaps you don't even know enough about the topic mm-hmm. to have a point of view on it. But it is definitely something where you have like this visceral reaction to a topic. Mm-hmm. That happens a lot in life. And so we had the Women's March a while back and um, I know of people who attended and some friends uh, posted something online and then some male replied, oh, what does your husband have that you don't? Mm-hmm. Um, and that would be an example of something I was thinking about of like, oh, if this was, a sp- you know, two people in a relationship talking together, like that would definitely be a good conversation, call it an argument, whatever you'd like to have, um, because they approached the question in a confrontational manner. It was, um, I don't think it was as um, unbiased and unemotional as I just presented it. <laughs> Um, so, uh, are, are there things that you think, um, couples might benefit from being okay, getting their hands dirty a little bit? To me, there's nothing that's off limits as long as it's discussed in the manner in which I've been talking about. I I don't think there's anything that's off limits. Um, the other thing that I would suggest that would be helpful, and I, I'm pretty sure we've talked about this in a previous podcast that it is extremely beneficial if you can take the attitude of saying maybe you're right um when you have that kind of a perspective Mm -hmm. it really suggests you know i think when we brought it up in the podcast previously i was saying to you what do you think are the most uh, I heard it at a um, conference. What do you think are the three most important words in a relationship? And everybody thinks it's I love you. And it's not, it's maybe you're right. But when we discuss it here today, what I'm suggesting is if you have that perspective, what you're basically saying is I respect you again. I'm saying that um, I'm not rigid. I appreciate you as a person. Um I'm not the one that must necessarily be in control. I value that, you know, you have input as well. Um, there's nothing that is necessarily 
100% one way or 100% the other way, maybe you're right. And I think that that really serves a couple in moving forward as opposed to digging their heels in, which only really uh, invites the other person to dig their heels in more. Uh, I would like to add something, if I may, to that point. So the maybe you're right. I -hmm. love that. Uh, One thing that I would caution, though, and since you brought up Gottman uh, Mm -hmm. earlier, um, one of the death knells, the four horsemen, as he calls Mm -hmm. them, is stonewalling. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so I just wanted to say that maybe you're right could mm-hmm. definitely be used as a stonewalling tactic. Like, well, fine, maybe you're right. And then just shut down and walk away, which is not how I think you intend it to be used. No, no. And by the way, stonewalling is one of those rules um, of not to do when mm-hmm. you're arguing. Stonewalling is just um, putting up a wall and not really staying you know, with the, with the argument. Uh, notice, though, the tone. Because tone counts a lot. Sure. So when you said it, it was, sure, maybe you're right. Yeah. Okay. And, 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 wh- okay. Uh, and I said, okay, you know, maybe you're right. Yeah. I just wanted to emphasize that because I mm-hmm. think I, I just want there to be no misinterpretation. Of, I'm glad you brought that up. And the other thing about it is, uh, you know, again, if you said, well, maybe you're right and you walk away from the conversation – well, the mm-hmm. whole point of how I introduce this topic is an opportunity for growth as you do in like a college environment. Well, if you walk away from the conversation, well, maybe you're right. Um, there's no opportunity for growth there That's because correct. now you've shut down. <clears throat> That's correct. So if you say maybe you're right, um, you know, follow it up with and what else? <laughs> or and, you know, well, you know, maybe you're right. Well, I heard this, you know, what do you have to say about this part of that conversation? And so you can really dig into it with the phrase that you offered up. Or even a simple, hmm, you know, maybe you're right. I have to think about it. Yeah. You know, something like that. But That's you're right. True too. But, but even that, it's not, it's, it's, an, it's an opening of the door as opposed to, to building of a wall. Correct. Correct. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be a showstopper. Yeah. It should be, right, right. Okay. So see, we're saying the same thing. (laughs) We are. This is my problem. I do this a lot. (laughs) No, no, no. It's not a problem. It's a good thing. It was a good clarification. Um, Okay. So uh, a lot of people will want to share their conversation with friends to get them to weigh in. You know, know, my wife and I were having this conversation last night. I'd love to hear your thought. What do you think couples should remember when they expand their conversation beyond their two-person circle? Well, I think first of all, you would have to ask your partner, do you mind if I'm going to discuss this with uh, mm-hmm. Joe and uh, Sally? Mm-hmm. A- again, because the partner may feel whatever it was you were discussing is private and personal. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then the second, I mean, I even have that in my office where one person will look at the other one and say, is it okay that I, you know, that I bring up that incident that happened the other night? Okay. Um, then the other thing is um, that when you bring it up, <clears throat> again, you do. Excuse me, I have a little bit of a uh, sure. uh, thing today. Um, the other thing is that when you bring it up, again, I know that I keep repeating myself, but you want to do it respectfully. You don't want to say, so listen to what Steve thought last night, you know, <clears throat> in a condescending way. 
you want to bring it up and say, you know, Steve, do you mind if I if I share this? And then you say, so Steve and I, you know, we're having a bit of a difference of opinion. We're curious as to you weighing in on it or, you know, how do you handle this? Or, you know, has this come up for the two of you? So if it's if your partner agrees, it's OK to bring it up and you bring it up in a manner that is just asking for input, then I think it's OK. Mm-hmm. Now, when you bring in somebody from the outside, um, obviously the couple that we're discussing here uh, has listened to this podcast and they are following these great conversation slash argument, healthy argument rules. But when you bring in somebody from the, from the outside, they may not follow those rules and be as respectful. Mm-hmm. Uh, when somebody comes in and basically is a jerk um, or tries to sabotage the conversation, and it might be – honestly, a lot of times people will do that because they are insecure about the topic, for example, mm-hmm. and they will say some smart-alecky thing or sh- try to shut it down because the deeper it, the conversation goes, the more exposed their ignorance becomes on that mm-hmm. topic, let's say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how do you um, – how do you address it with some outsiders when you ask for their opinion and, you know, maybe half of the group is engaging properly, let's say, and you have maybe some outsider or somebody try to sabotage the conversation? Well, I think if it was me and I was um, in the middle of that, I would try to be polite Um and then close the conversation down as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. So what I might do is just say, you know, you know, gee, you know, that's an interesting point. Maybe you're right. And, you know, I, I realize that, uh, maybe I shouldn't have brought this up. I'm, I, I'm more uncomfortable discussing it than I thought or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, put it on you. Don't certainly don't say, you know, that's the stupidest thing I ever heard or I can't believe that, you know, that's what you're doing or whatever. But, you know, just say something like, you know, um, I, I would just put it back on me and mm-hmm. say, I, I as I as we start to talk about this, I realize I'm a little uncomfortable. So, you know, I apologize for bringing it up. Um, and you know, let's change the topic and then, you know, move on. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's very good. That's very tactful. <laughs> um, I, I try. I yeah. Try. Yeah. I know. Uh, so I, yeah, I, I thought of, um, this topic thinking, uh, couples should embrace their individuality and the desire to expand their mm-hmm. understanding of perhaps themselves and their spouse. Mm-hmm. Um, are there any other benefits that you can think about to challenging your spouse or, you know, not necessarily that you're seeking out these challenging arguments or discussions, but, um, and, but being comfortable engaging in them. Um, any thoughts on that? When you say challenging, are you talking about things that are, um, like for example, confrontational in nature? No, not really. But just if your spouse, let's say, again, uh, since I brought it up earlier, they go on the woman's march and um, you are basically ignorant as to, like, why are you marching? Um, asking them because I and I and I say this um, as a 
you know, I believe in, I believed in that March. Um, but I would also say that I'm probably certain that not 100% of every single person participating in it mm-hmm. understood why they were out there, but they, mm-hmm. they, they, mm-hmm. perhaps they knew it viscerally. Maybe a friend asked them to join them, mm-hmm. whatever the reason was. Well, so, yes. so, like, I, I, so I, yeah. so I, so, so I bring this up because when I say challenge, um, I think sometimes here, here's another analogy really quick. Um, I had, a, a, cause we've almost finished this podcast and I haven't brought up sports yet. So let me do that. <laughs> um, I, I had a coach one time that, um, that I wrestled and he said, you know, you don't really understand the sport until you've, um, observed it from all three angles, one participating in it, two coaching it, and then three being a referee of the sport. Mm, mm. And he was like, then you actually get all three perspectives of it and you understand it. And so when we're talking about, say, like the Women's March, um, again, not that somebody has to defend the actions of going out on the, and doing that, doing the march. But I do think when you challenge people um, to think about it, and this is something because I did some coaching as well, when I had to teach somebody how to do a particular move, I found myself with a greater understanding of it mm-hmm. than when I was just executing it. And so when somebody asks you, why are you doing that? You then have to essentially teach somebody else why you're doing it. And through that process, you gain a greater understanding of it, I would think. Tell me if I'm wrong. <laughs> no, I think you're right. Okay. And I, I have two thoughts as you're talking. Uh, one is that you certainly don't want to challenge. Mm-hmm. You don't want to come across as confrontational because I think somebody would take it as an attack. Mm-hmm. But I think that if you present to the person, you know, I, I, I really want, I know we've been married 10 years, but I really want to come to understand you better. So can you share with me you know, what your feelings or your thinking is behind whatever it is you're doing, Mm -hmm. you know, that you joined the march, that you decided to make X, Y, and Z, the charities that you're contributing to this year. Yeah. Okay. The other thing that I sometimes do with clients is when I want them to explain it in a way that Um, is not so intellectual, where it gets more to their feelings, I will say to them, pretend I'm from Mars. And and I I want you to explain to me what this is about for you. Mm. Can you explain it as if I'm very, you know, I'm from Mars? You're an alien. Yeah. Yeah. And um, that seems to do the trick. So that's another way that you can uh, ask your, your spouse. I really, you know, I'm not doing this to, to challenge you. I'm not doing this to, you know, be, um, annoying. I'm doing this because I really, really see this as an opportunity to, to get to know you better. Yeah. I think, I think challenge might be a loaded word that I don't intend it to be. Yeah. Um, but I can't think of a better one. And, and you just said what I often do, which is, I will say, when I know something 
when I when I'm gonna ask a question where I feel like somebody might immediately get defensive, mm-hmm. I preempt it with what you just said of I'm I'm asking this out of genuine curiosity. I don't I'm not trying to, you know, basically start anything by asking this question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to have a greater understanding. So I, I literally say almost those exact words and it seems a little corny maybe, but it totally works because the person knows where you're coming from immediately right. as opposed to I've heard these jerks ask me these stupid questions um, online and now I'm going to have to like come guns a blazing right back at you, not even knowing what I'm going to ask. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, okay. Was there anything else that you wanted to add to this topic? I, I think it was pretty constructive. I'm glad you found it constructive, but I do have something to add. <laughs> Let's put another brick <laughs> on that construction site. <laughs> okay. So when when you're arguing, um, when couples are arguing – you know, generally people are really upset and, you know, we really unfortunately are going for the juggler. Um, and one of the things that people have to be really, really careful about is that as mates, we tend to really know um, the areas where we're vulnerable, where our mate is vulnerable. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and if your mate has ever revealed something to you that is very, very personal, you have to be really careful not to throw that back in their face during an argument. Because what that basically says to your mate is, what I tell you is not sacred. What I tell you is not safe. And that really breaks trust. Okay. So... You know, there may be things that you say and throw out and, you know, you know, we all know the expression, well, you know, I said it in anger, I didn't mean it. But throwing back in your mate's face something they have told you that was, you know, really personal is going to really damage the relationship. Yeah, to drive that point home, I would say that one of the things that makes marriages and, you know, just those types of long-term committed relationships so special is the intimacy that you build up. Correct. And as soon as you um, damage that the trust that goes into that intimacy, the whole foundation for which that relationship is built, to your point, starts to get cracks in it. Correct. And, exactly. And, and that's, just, that's just bad news. Yes. Um, so fight fair, people. Uh, anything else? Oh come on! No, that was. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, this was this was actually excellent. We were we were uh, kicking this around a little bit before we went on air, um, but I think we came out the other side pretty well. So, um, hopefully, you, uh, you listeners out there got some good insight, um, sparked a little bit of thought and conversation, and maybe this is something that you and your spouse discuss. Uh, when you get together again uh, this evening over dinner or whatnot. Um, so I thank- hope they don't argue about how, what a good podcast it was. No, I, or, or if they do, they do what I do, which is basically argue for the exact same thing that the other person is arguing with me about. Uh, but they're just coming at it from two different angles because uh, they, they both see two different things of brilliance from this podcast. Uh, okay, so with that said... 
uh, and tooting our own horn. We will call this a podcast. So thank you so much for your time, Karen. It is always a pleasure. Thanks, Steve. I want to remind everyone that you have been listening to Dr. Karen Sherman, who is a practicing psychologist and relationship and lifestyle issues for 30 years. Karen is an author, uh, writing Mindfulness in the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. And Karen is the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. You can get this info at her website, drkarensherman.com. We have uh, the past podcast up on our website. Of course, you can um, dig through them on your favorite podcast uh, platform, iTunes, Stitcher, etc. We have thousands of articles that you can dig through. Uh, So just do a little search in the top right corner of any article page and you will find a bunch of results for you. Uh, so give it a give it a look. Um, and uh, one last thing is we have a newsletter that goes out weekly uh, that will keep you up to date on all the latest information that we put out there. So uh, if you're not already signed up, it's free. It takes uh, 30 seconds. I encourage you to do so. Uh, so one last time, thank you so much, Karen. Thank you, Steve. All right, that's going to do it. Take care, everybody.